1948, the people in the British colony of Newfoundland faced a choice. They could become an independent dominion within the British Empire, or they could vote to join Canada in Confederation. The anti-Confederates are not going to get away with it. But St. John's was an anti-Confederate headquarters. Watch in particular the attractive bait which will be held out to lure our country into the Canadian mousetrap. Listen to the Stories Behind the History podcast for our special series, How Did Newfoundland Join Canada? Available now wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is the Secret Life of Canada crash course. Just a little bit of history. Hey, Leah. Hey, Fallon. Today, I want to talk to you about housing. I think everyone in the country and beyond knows that housing has been an issue for a lot of people for a very long time. Oh, yeah. And with things like the opioid crisis and COVID, everything has just gotten more expensive and it's shining a light on these issues for sure. There are a multitude of reasons why housing is in such a state of crisis. Much of what we are looking at today is due to decreased social spending, a lack of mental health and social supports, and of course, discrimination. Affordable housing has become pretty impossible in a lot of places. Right. So in a lot of ways, the state of housing in Canada has been in crisis for a while and it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. And so today I want to take a look at a monument that has been attempting to draw focus to those who have died on the street, who died houseless. For someone who wants to be a politician, especially a city politician, they should go out and spend a couple months on the street in the winter. Go and be homeless for two months in the winter and then go and get the job. It should be a prerequisite for it. Then they'd have a better understanding of what life was like for people out there. That's the voice of Bonnie Briggs. She and her husband Carrie had precarious housing through the 80s and 90s. They eventually did find housing, but they never forgot what it was like to live without it. And I should mention here that we are using the words houseless, but we will also be using homeless as well, because the terminology is a bit embedded in some of the things that we are talking about today. Right. Homelessness is kind of on a spectrum. It can mean someone who is living on the streets or in a shelter. It can also mean having a lack of secure housing, like couch surfing, or living in a space that doesn't meet public health standards. Right. So many, many things. Yes. And it was something Bonnie Briggs was extremely passionate about. In the late 90s, Bonnie was at a memorial service for a person living without housing, and she saw the war memorial with names of soldiers who had fallen. And she thought to herself... If the war dead have a memorial, why can't the homeless have one? Makes sense. So Bonnie ran the idea of a memorial by her husband and some people in the community. A lot of people backed the idea, and soon a committee was formed to get a memorial built. But it wasn't going to be easy. But Bonnie wasn't one to back down. So what did she do? She was studying for her community worker program at college at the time, and she used her dream of a homeless memorial as part of her student placement. A committee began to meet weekly, and a lot of sites were proposed, including Nathan Phillips Square, just in front of Toronto City Hall, and St. James Park, a spot where many living without housing gather. But both were rejected. It was finally decided to have the memorial online as a website. I guess that makes sense, because unfortunately they would have to keep adding names. But is there a physical one now? Well... Kind of. In 2000, the Church of Holy Trinity and the Toronto Disaster Relief Committee came together in a response to the increase of people dying houseless in Toronto. They began holding monthly vigils for those who had passed. 
the Church of Holy Trinity decided to use their church leaderboard as a place to house the names of those who had passed. And sorry, what is a leaderboard? Uh, it's it's the sign that's out front of the church. Okay. So there's still no real physical monument? Not really. And why? Why not? Well, in short, the city has rules around memorials, and the Church of Holy Trinity was keen to take on the memorial, but the church only owns inches around its perimeter. Not enough space to erect anything. It's interesting that all these statues uh, of people are being torn down, but we can't put up a homeless memorial in one of those spots. You know, like yeah, we've got the real estate now. It, yes, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of like the homeless memorial is homeless. But the memorial service, you know, it, it keeps happening in Toronto. Every second Tuesday of the month, a service is held for those who have passed on the street. It's both in person and live streamed. That's nice. Yeah. The memorial service is held no matter what the weather is like. Um, you know, how the person or people died is acknowledged. And people who knew these people are encouraged to speak. And afterwards, a lunch is served. Okay. Other Canadian cities have begun to pay more attention to their homeless populations. Places like Kitchener erected a memorial a few years back. It's a bronze backpack on, on a red stone, and it's called Between a Rock and a Hard Place. There's actually a very similar statue in Calgary. A bronze backpack serves as a memorial space. Um, and in Edmonton, the homeless memorial is a statue of a person sitting cross-legged with their head hanging. But still nothing in Toronto. No. And in April 2023, Toronto stopped tracking the number of deaths in shelters on a monthly basis and is now switching to a biannual report. Twice a year. It seems a bit backwards at this point, you know. Yeah. Last year, there were 187 houseless deaths recorded in the city of Toronto alone. Hmm. But many housing advocates are pushing back. If Bonnie were still with us, I am sure she would be raising her voice in protest. She passed in 2017. I spoke with Reverend Sherman Hesselgrave, who worked alongside Bonnie. He told me Bonnie was an avid samba drummer, and at her memorial, a bunch of samba drummers just showed up and started playing for her. That's awesome. I know. When I spoke to other people who worked with Bonnie, the word fearless came up time and time again. Bonnie was outspoken. She didn't pull any punches. She was passionate about human rights and would tell anyone who would listen. And many others have taken up the fight. But the fact of the matter is that more people need to care about this issue, need to speak up and support. We can reach out to our local politicians, make donations, volunteer, or if you're in Toronto, you could attend the memorial service. Today, I want to end with Bonnie. She was also a poet. Let's remember her legacy by hearing her words. We close our eyes to those who scavenge for food from trash cans and make their beds on radiator grates. We withdraw and start measuring the hole by the few who capture our attention with their boisterous and sometimes out of control behaviors. Breaking stereotypes means restoring dignity, helping people find their worth, encouraging them to allow hope into the scared places of their hearts. Breaking stereotypes means becoming enraged enough to write our counselors, phone our MPs, email or provincial officials. It means advocating for housing, not hostels, and other creative solutions. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.